Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast, powered by, partnered by, and brought to you by LaCole for the entire year. Here with Benji Nyson, my co-host for a rainy day in Switzerland, stage three of the Tour of Romandy from Estevaya to Estevaya, 169 kilometres long of up and down pretty much all day. They do three laps of a nasty little course with two climbs put together, Le Char- oh, sorry, Charles and Le Grange, 2Ks at 6%, descent straight into 2.5Ks at 8%. They do three iterations of that. There's mm, 30 kilometres between the climbs, and then on the last climb, they have a descent for 9Ks into the finish in Estevaya. It looks very similar to stage one and kind of not as hard as the stage two yesterday where Colbrelli, Bevan, and Sagan battled it out. Uh, well, Sagan got dropped yesterday, but Bevan didn't start today, and it was raining all day and raining hard. Ineos leading GC, I think one, two, three, with Dennis, Thomas, and Port. They'd be on patrolling duties. But yeah, pretty Swiss looking break went today, Benji. Certainly, we had a, a breakaway with Swiss riders indeed, and those were Johan Jakobs, Stefan Kung, the Swiss champion. We also had uh, Bissiker in there as well, the uh, prologue uh, apprentice for now, let's say. Wouldn't call him king yet. Quarterman in there as well. We also have Sander Arme, Kobe Gorsens, and Reutemann. And from that breakaway, we uh, we fought beforehand. Kung's probably the best engine in that group. Jakobs is well a pretty good engine together with Bissiger. Jakobs is the rider that is on Movistar that had a decent uh, a decent breakaway adventure in one of the opening weekend stage, if I recall correctly, uh, of the cobbles. But anyway, Kobe Gorsens, probably one of the better climbers in this group. Although Arme has shown himself to be a, a decent one as well, winning a Vuelta stage, if my memory serves me right, in a, a few years back, I guess. Anyway, this breakaway uh, ventured into a pretty rainy situation as today's stage was horrific when it comes to the rainy conditions. And we saw all the uh, rain jackets going on. We knew from that point we weren't going to recognize 90% of the events that were going to happen on this stage because, well, we can't recognize the riders too well if they've got like 70 rain jackets on and glasses and uh, it, it was messy and, and the quality of the camera goes very wet and you know what I mean. Anyway, during the stage, Ineos was uh, pacing for a tiny bit and then they were like, okay, Bora, you can do the work now. So um, Bora decided, <laughs> I guess I'll do the work now because we've got Sagan and we can actually win this stage if it comes down to a sprint. So Bora went to the front of the peloton. Were there any other teams that ended up helping out? Uh, Bahrain, if you didn't mention them yep. already, ISU yep. would have helped, but Bevan didn't start, as I said. And UAE didn't help either, even though they got Ulysse and Hirschi. So they didn't help. And I think that played into Bora being extra cooked as they got to the last 
circuit of these two climbs, I remember at the base of the second to last one, their domestique pulled off and was done and Kelvin's just there, Sagan's got no one else. So um, I think the gap started going out again, Benji. It would they get it to 20 seconds, that Bora guy pulled off, we got like 20Ks to go or, yeah, about that, and then the gap started going out again because Ineos don't care about the break. They, yep. like, Kung is going to lose big time tomorrow, presuming that they go ahead with that stage, and they're not going to burn their guys if they don't have to. So they don't have a re- – if they have Ben Swift here, maybe it's a bit different, but they don't have Ben Swift here, so, like, they don't care at all. And uh, it started to spice up, Benji. We thought it was going to be really boring and a rerun of Stage 1 where it was going to be a reduced bunch sprint with – about three sprinters, but kind of all chaos started to break out. We had on the uh, second last ascent, first of all, a crash in the breakaway with Stefan Kung having a, a, a mediocre to a bad corner uh, line, and that ended up onto like the white section on the road, like the, the white lines on the road. It's easy to slid out if that's a wet situation, and it was a very wet descent, and that helped him out hitting the ground. And it was a pretty rough crash, not the initial crash, but after slitting off for, for a tiny bit, he ended up hitting, a, I think, some kind of thing at the side of the road. I don't know what it was, but it was something because uh, we couldn't see it too well because of the rainy conditions either. But uh, luckily, while the crash initially looked a pretty bad one, he did stand up pretty uh, pretty swiftly and got on his bike and continued onwards, but his breakaway adventure was gone. And a few, uh, not even a few minutes later, we had Kobe Gorsons alone at the front of the race. And he was the sole breakaway rider left with 38 seconds, I think, going into the final climb. Peloton indeed was not really looking at an intense pace by any of us there because they didn't care too much if Kobe Gorsons ends up winning the stage. But then actually, we started seeing action at that group because, well, turns out Dennis crashed as well in the descent beforehand. Because Dennis wasn't looking too bright either when it comes to uh, him being, I think, a minute behind at a certain point. And we saw that on his right hip, we saw some damage. And yeah, that's one of the three Ineos riders in the uh, in the front rides of GC just totally gone. And we still have Thomas and Port in that group. I was wondering, because we weren't sure yet, whether we also had a crash of Thomas and Port. Because you'd expect in the descent that Dennis would be the first of the three going into yeah, that exactly. descent. and that he would end up crashing the other two. And we know that Port has a bad history of being an unlucky situation, crashing in the sense, but I guess this is stage three, four, and uh, not stage nine. So we ended up staying upright and apparently finished, uh, well, won't say it yet. Haha, won't spoil it. But uh, we also had some action in the peloton afterwards. We had some people attacking in that group. Who was it? Was it the rainy, uh, the rainy usuals? Well... Yeah, first of all, it was Izaguirre, and then Woods attacking, I think because he saw Dennis was dropped or had dropping, and we didn't see where Dennis crashed. I presume it was on the second-to-last descent going into the last climb, Le Grange, where Kuhn crashed, and we thought, well, I thought, oh, the gap's gone back out to 40 seconds to Kobe Holsen's because Ineos are taking it really slow, really steady, which I presume they were and then they'll maybe try and catch him later. But maybe Benji, and we haven't heard or we couldn't see, maybe Izaguirre forced on the descent and forced Ineos to kind of chase. That mm-hmm. would be true to form. 
and would have been a good move from the Basque rider. Uh, so we don't really know. But Dennis crashing, kind of important. If you saw in yesterday's stage, he was really important, keeping it all together at the end, and no one really could do anything in the last seven kilometres when he was on the front. But, yeah, as Benji said, attacks on the last climb now with Port and Thomas now kind of exposed. The break is about to be caught. I think in a couple of Ks, he only had a 10-second lead or so at this point at Holby Holsons. And, yeah, Isgeren was brought back. Court Kung, poor guy, I feel so sorry for him. Kuss allegedly attacked at this point, and then it was Masnada, Woods, and Izagira going again. So all these attacks are going, and that was be close by Ineos, by Port and Thomas, I think, themselves, still in that group. And perfect stage, one would think, for Astana, but it was Marc Soler on an absolute heat check, choosing the exact right moment just before the descent started, just the last little rise of this Lagrange climb, which is 5% in the last 500 metres. And then you've got a descent where Ineos aren't going to want to take it up. He attacks. Remember, all the other stage hunting candidates, Izaguirres, Masnada, Woods, they've already had a go. So it's great timing from Soler. I think it says... Yon is a getter going after him, but with the jacket on. I mean, we're just going to have to take the live stats uh, word for it. But I thought Soler was gone, Benji, straight away. I think so as well. Uh, that was my opinion, first of all, because, like, we see in the situation that 90% of that elite group is trying to finish a stage unharmed. And for the rest, they're fine with losing 10 seconds to someone else as long as they finish a stage unharmed because this was extreme conditions when it comes to the rain. This is the same situation as you have in stage one of the tour where Tony Martin starts T-posing. So if Tony Martin was here, he'd be T-posing the entire descent. So honestly, it's it's a dangerous situation and a lot of riders are going to be like, oh, we've got more important races coming and we're not going to risk this one descent of Romandy to try and hang on to a rider that is going utterly insane and descend. And Soler wasn't going at a crazy pace, like going straight up into corners, but he was taking more risk than others. And if you take more risk than others in this kind of descent, you're going to gain time. And he did that fruitfully in the descent because he ended up with a significant gap on Izaguirre, who went for the counterattack a bit too late. And um, we also had the peloton that just didn't look like they were pacing too much. But did have some riders with teammates that could potentially win this stage. We'll go into that, I think, after we discuss who ends up winning this stage. But I don't think there's too much more to add towards this final, except for Slayer kept riding, Izagiri kept riding, and eventually Izagiri still got caught by the elite group. But Solaire was uh, on the clear. He was nowhere to be caught because, well, quite simply, they weren't pacing too much in that second group. And well, Soler takes his first victory of the season. Yeah. Soler takes his first victory of the season, Mark Soler. He uh, also won a descent victory in the Vuelta last year. So somehow it seems like attacking in descents is becoming a bit of a specialty for this lad. Uh, it wasn't in a rainy condition, I think, last time, but I'm not sure no. about it. But um, it was now. So uh, congratulations to Movistar. They won with a perfectly timed attack. Nice decision-making. Doesn't happen often we yeah. can say that, but very happy about it. I thought it was a fantastic move. That was stage two of the Vuelta last year where Movistar, uh, I think, 
went to the front just before the descent yep. to Lurkenberry and Soler hit it. Magic move. I thought it was what they were going to do in Catalonia, Benji, on stage one when they paced and dropped Sagan to Calella and they didn't attack on the descent. That was really surprising. They had Soler there as well. But just on his own today, I think Soler kind of doing his own thing is better for Movistar. I think he sometimes like working in a coordinated plan with other riders, not so great, but on his own, he's really talented and really good. And when he crossed the line, he uh, gave a shush. I don't know who to, maybe me for calling him the World Tour's J.R. Smith in the video <laughs> the other day, which is it a compliment? Is it an insult? I don't know. You'd be the judge. J.R. Smith can get hot and put in eight threes a night. And today the shots went in for Mark Chalet. Shooter's going to shoot and... He's shushing the haters, which maybe it was to me. I don't know. Maybe it was Marka. I, pres- I doubt he <laughs> watches my English language videos, but who knows? <laughs> uh, were you surprised, Benji, that no one helped Ineos? We got Sagan in Group Two with Soler's Group One. Sagan's in Group Two. Colbrelli's in Group Two. They've got Caruso and Kelderman there. Do were you surprised they didn't? help Ineos pacing because it was just the minute we saw Richie Port with six Ks to go pacing in the rain, I was like, well, <laughs> that group's fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> like um, if that's what, if that's what you got pacing in a technical, just sort of downhill in the rain for Thomas. Uh, but, yeah, was that surprising to you? I think that when it comes to Bahrain, I was expecting it more than when it comes to Bora in the situation because – we knew already that Caruso has worked for Colbrelli this week. He did a lead out, I think, yesterday for Colbrelli in the final kilometer, which means that there's a hierarchy there where the top 10 for Caruso is not as important as a potential stage win for Colbrelli. So doing it here could very much have brought Colbrelli another potential victory. And when it comes to Sigan, well, he quite simply has Kelderman, who hasn't won a GC, I think, in six years, but I think that he can top five Romandy. I think that I would have made a decision to have Kelderman pace because it's like 20 seconds. But on the other hand, it's a very dangerous ascent. And we know how vulnerable Kelderman is when it comes to uh, crashing and bad luck. And it's not exactly something you want to test if you want to send him to, uh, the, uh, I think, Tour de France this year on his aspect. So I don't know. Is the stage important enough to risk it in this weather to start that pace? I would have said yes, but riders probably would say no because well it's dangerous i guess i think uh when it comes to the final sprint we also uh, forgot to mention that cobrelli seemed to be uh going straight for a, a second place here and then his chain had some issues and he like pushed through his pedal and oh, he just really? disappeared from the front and was not second in the stage i think peter sagan or magnus scott nilsson actually passed peter sagan in the last section and ends up getting second sagan in third cobrelli ended up fourth in that race because of the, the chain issue so a bit unfortunate for my dad who had a, a top three bet on Colbelli so it's going to be a sad evening tonight jeez you got your dad into the degeneracy mate <laughs> <laughs> all right sorry I yeah. should read out the results <laughs> Soler first Magnus Court second winning the bunch reduced bunch kick just like he well he won he actually won the stage apparently stage eight Sagan third Colbrelli fourth is a giddy fifth Ulissi 6th, Van Wilder 7th, Kuz 8th, Izaguirre 9th, Rui Costa 10th. Benji, bookmark it now for our Giro preview. We are going to be talking about Sagan 
know, for the Chiclamino, but just briefly now, he is climbing very, very well at the moment. I think I didn't expect him, given the way the stage played out, to be making that group. And I know he's good in wet conditions, but you look who's in that group, it's all GC guys or punchers and just basically him, Cole Brelli and Ulusi, who are climbing well too and caught. So that Slovenian stage in the Giro, got his name on it. Um, do you think he's looking actually better in terms of climbing than, say, last year? I think yes. I think uh, the one Giro stage last year did have a, a special feeling to it. I'm not sure he's at that level. I really can't tell at the moment. But I think he's better than a few of the other stages surrounding that last year. I think what I would have loved to see this year, and we're not going to see it, I think, is a 2013-like Sagan on the Montalcino stage of the Giro. That would have been lovely because I bet on that stage he'd still make an appearance and still be one of the best riders back in the day. But I think that it's unrealistic to expect that this year. I think that Sagan is climbing better consistently now at the moment. And I don't think he's at his condition yet. And I think he's still coming back, which means that he should be on a decent level for the Giro. And when it comes to his competition there, we're going to go into that in our uh, in our Giro pod. But he's one of the uh, favorites for Ciclomino, that's for sure. Tomorrow's stage in Tour de Romandy. This is the big GC stage. It's been brought forward a couple of hours. So tell your boss, hey, Tour de Romandy, it's been absolutely banging cycling all week. Oh, no, it's on Saturday. Okay, well. Yeah, Some true. people work on Saturday, I guess. Okay, even if you work on Saturday, tell your job, tell your boss, nah. Got Tour de Romandy finishing at 3 p.m. They brought it early or forward two hours because they're finishing on top of a ski resort in No, 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 they did it for you. Yeah, for me, for me. So it finishes at 11.30 p.m. <laughs> Lovely, yeah. <laughs> so if all goes to plan, the weather's not bad, which it will be. There's supposed to be a 161-kilometer stage with <laughs> this is so nasty. Uh, Two-kilometer, 7% climb in the first 6Ks where the break will form, one would think. Then they've got a cat 1, 14.5K, 7%. Descent, cat 3, 3.5K, 3 8%. And then about a mm, 40K valley. Then 13K, 6.7%. Descent, and then the climb to Tion, 2,000. 20.7Ks at 7.6% mountaintop finish. Let me have a look at this profile properly. We've got some steep sections in the last, starting in the last 5Ks, 10%, 9%, 10%, 9%. And then the last few Ks, still pretty steep. So it's steady, but there's some steep sections there. And uh, yeah, prediction time, Benji. I don't think the break is winning. And um, I think I don't, I haven't thought yet. So I've got to put you on the spot and I'll look at the start list while you answer. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say that we're going to see a non-Ineos rider win. We're going to see Lucas Hamilton for Bike Exchange come out on top here. Ooh. And um, I'm saying that because he was doing decent at Paranese. He's got the ambitions of becoming of coming in the top five of the Giro. That's what he said. And um, I believe that it's going to be hard to do so. But if he keeps climbing, better than Paranese. And if he has a good stage tomorrow, then I do see a possibility of his climbing being good enough to be in a decent condition at the Giro. And 
I believe that Ineos is going to control the entire last climb for a large part. I don't know what the condition of Dennis is going to be going into this stage. It didn't look amazing after that crash, but it also didn't look terrible. So um, I think that, like, let's be honest, my head says Grain Thomas, but my heart says someone else from another team because I want to see something spectacular. And why not Lucas Hamilton, I guess? Yeah, I mean, from a break, if I, I doubt that Nielsen Powers, that they probably won't have lost enough time. Uh, you'd think Miguel Angel Lopez, Benji. If this was the tour last year, me oh, and yeah, you'd be exists. saying, we'd be, we'd be saying Lopez, but yeah, does he exist? Did he lose time today? Oh, Benji, we better not say this. Do I need to edit this out and so we can get our bets on? Because, yeah, he might be a really good shout tomorrow. I mean, the results so far, I think he didn't come in group one. Miguel no, 50, Angel Lopez, 50, two minutes two, 50. Two minutes 50, and then he's going to lose a buckets of time to, I'm going with Lopez Benji, not in the break. Oof. GC group, it's going to be exactly like the two of Caldwell-Lowe's. GC group, and then because he's so far behind on GC, he'll attack with four Ks to go. Ineos will do what they did with Chavez in stage four of Catalonia. Just let him have a minute, 45 seconds, and Lopez wins. If he's in any condition, it should play out like that, but his condition how about shit. <laughs> How about the legend himself, Chris Froome, who finished on 19 minutes and one second oh, today? Mate, this is Lacola pulled the sponsorship if we turn this into a trolling podcast. <laughs> what about Vincenzo Nibali talking about wash guys? Oh, no, he's not here. I'm not going to Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so I'm Lopez devastated. is a good option. Honestly, I think the strongest guy is Dennis, but that's not how the team would use him. On this sort of climb, I think the strongest guy here is Dennis. Uh, Woods, if they do it slow, the climb is all together and Ineos kind of pacing. With Dennis, I think Woods attacking at the end, big, big chance to get a stage win as well. Um, I'm trying to look for a real outsider. But Kenny Ellison, Benji, from a break, surely he'd be getting Pernsteiner and Ellison from the break would be nice um, as well. I'd love to see that. Is he or she good enough? How about we just name half of the peloton? <laughs> no, we have not. Well, is he or she? I said two days ago, and you said he wasn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just trying I to get you to double down to on do your it. pick. Nah, Coops. I don't. I don't believe it anymore. You, you proved me. Uh, you've proven <laughs> me that it's not going to happen. Sepkus, I mean, this is a big opportunity for him to attack and have an opportunity to be aggressive. I think. Yeah, if he plays his cards right as well and attacks not too early, not too late, same sort of theory as with Lopez. Uh, one would think he has a chance as well. But it's a stage I'll be looking forward to to see what will happen in the GC and uh, hope you join us. Tell or not, you can't watch it with us, but join us afterwards and listen to what <laughs> happened. Anyway, that was the Twitter Romandy recap. We have When do we have our Q&A, Benji? We have it. When does Romandy uh, finish? After the Romandy, before the Giro. Okay. Is that too abroad? By the way, if you want to uh, send in questions for that, you can do so on the YouTube video of this podcast as well, or in the ones yep. in the coming days. I'll make sure I try and put them all together uh, for uh, our list that we're going to run through, uh, I guess. 
So we'll probably do that on Monday or Tuesday. So get those in quickly and then the Giro preview is supposed to be on Wednesday. So never stops. And then Giro starts next Saturday. Crazy times. All right, that was the Tour de Romney recap and we'll see you with the big GC stage tomorrow. Ciao.